It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Jake Lisko, at James Rapine, at Locked On Bengals, and especially make sure you follow that last one, at Locked On Bengals, because tomorrow is mailbag day, and you're going to want to follow that account to make sure you get your questions in for us to answer on the mailbag episode. Today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Go to rockauto.com and let them know that Locked On sent you. James, let's start the show today with some really encouraging news on the injury front. We talked about Joe Burrow's return yesterday. Today, it gets even better. Let's start there. I want to address our rant from yesterday in the national narratives a little bit because that's still a thing today. And I guess this is something that we have to live with now, James. And then uh, we're going to take a look back all the way back, James, to the 2021 NFL draft. Do you remember that all those days ago? (laughs) I do. I do remember that, Jake. And so what we're going to do today, because it's uh, it's it's May and we don't have OTAs. OTAs are next week. We're going to take a look back at the draft and we're going to say, what would we have done? at each of the Bengals picks. If we were making the picks, see where we agree with what the Bengals did or where we might have differed. And it's not to say that the Bengals did the wrong thing, but everybody has opinions. And we're sitting here about a month later now, actually only three weeks later, really. And we'll talk about what we might've done differently, but let's get started with the good news of the day, James. CJ Uzama and Jamar Chase ran routes today. And guess who was throwing them passes? Brandon Allen. Man, you know, probably actually, but also (laughs) Joe Burrow was reportedly throwing passes and working with former LSU teammate, current Bengals teammate, Jamar Chase and former ruptured Achilles patient, CJ Uzama, who's well on the mend, got back on the field today. He tweeted about it. We've been able to independently confirm the tweet from Kyle Smith, who does some work with Malik right at the Right Way Sports Network, that Joe Burrow threw to Jamar Chase and CJ Uzama today. That's great news for everybody involved. I don't think it was part of the official phase two, quote unquote, OTA action that's closed to the media this week. It sounds like it was a private workout, but you love to hear it. You love to hear it. It's huge. It's big time. It's the first time Joe Burrow's thrown to Jamar Chase, obviously, since the draft. And it really aligns with kind of this timeline. So Joe Burrow was in Los Angeles and he saw Dr. Neil Elitrash over the weekend, came back Monday based on what I've been told. And uh, so it was like Monday evening or so comes back and by Wednesday he's throwing and uh, all signs are pointing in the right direction. And not only just throwing, we knew he was throwing, right? But throwing to two key guys in this offense. Obviously, Jamar Chase, you want him to be 
the number one, number one A receiver, your your ultimate deep threat and playmaker. But Uzama's going to have a role if he's the same Uzama that caught Joe Burrow's first touchdown pass in week two last year. Um, so that's it's really good to see on Uzama's end. And I get it, the Burrow to Chase connection, that's going to get a ton of pub, and it should. Fans should be excited. At the same time, getting Uzama back and getting the same guy that they had last year would be huge for this offense. Yeah, that would be big. They clearly had a big plan for Uzama to have a big role last year. He caught Joe Burrow's first touchdown. That's going to be a, a great trivia answer for a long, long time. And I think that that just was a, not an omen. Yeah, sure, an omen for for the the plans this team had for Uzama as their primary receiving tight end last year. Drew Sample, the upside was he got a lot of work. So we'll see if he can take a step this year with the return of Uzama to kind of bolster that tight end room. But let's talk a little bit more, James, about yesterday's rant. I went on a long rant yesterday because I said the national national folks don't get into enough nuance when talking about teams at a local level. And I still think that's true. But the reaction to those narratives that I've seen on Twitter kind of makes it hard to to be somebody who wants to attack it with nuance, right? Because you end up getting two polar opposites and Bengals fans are out there saying, no, look, they did all this stuff to improve the offensive line. And it's true, they did. And the national folks are saying they didn't do enough or maybe they're saying it the wrong way when they talk about, you know, they should have drafted Penny Sewell, for example. And this creates a lot of, I don't even know what the word is, but you see these, these national analysts that are like, like Mike Golick today. Hey, Bengals fans don't get weird about the offensive line. Like the dolphins Twitter did last year or Mina Kimes responding to my request to have her on this podcast by saying like, Hey, is this because you saw me say something that was cut off halfway through, through what I said? And it creates this hostile environment. And and I don't think that's the goal, right? It's the goal is to have that detailed nuanced conversation. And when national analysts talk about, you know, we don't know what the Bengals offensive line is going to be. Maybe they didn't do enough or, or they didn't do enough. They didn't prioritize it. That's not entirely unfair, right? They, they signed one free agent for mid-level money and they didn't use their, their biggest draft resource on it. Now, we know why. We've talked about all the reasons why. We've talked about all the ways that this offensive line can get better addition by subtraction, a new offensive line coach, a new starter, right tackle, right guard, and probably left guard if you count Mike Jordan as last year's starter. But I think that the truth is, is that we don't know how this is going to work out until we see it. So I think skepticism is fair. And I think, James, you and I probably share that skepticism that is, well, they've done some things, but they need to prove it. It's been like this for five years, Jake. And for five straight years, guess what? The Bengals have had a poor offensive line and a losing record. And so that's why the... The Penny Sewell train, while I was on the opposite side of it, no one denied that they needed to address the offensive line. And so when you don't spend a lot of money on free agent offensive linemen, when you have one of the worst lines in the league, and they didn't, they added two players, one that spent eight games on the roster last year, but I'll I'll include him in the added category, around what, eight, nine, probably like $9 million dollars. Uh, towards two veterans. I mean, that's not a ton. And I get it. You add Riley Reef. At the same time, you do that. And then you not only take Jamar Chase at five, 
But at 38, you trade down and four offensive linemen go off the board. And then you take Jackson Carmen, a guy that some had pegged later, you know, a, a late round two and mostly round three type guy. Look, I get why there's question marks and there should be question marks at the same time. And, and my point on yesterday's show was it's as simple as they're trying. They think Jackson Carmen is the answer, right? They think Riley Reef is going to give them a big boost and time will tell if they're right or wrong. So absolutely there are questions, uh, but, but the Bengals obviously care about the offensive line. So th there's a, a happy medium here, right? They have a lot to prove in the trenches at the same time. They tried to improve in the trenches. Was it enough? Will it be enough? I don't know. And hell, I said it yesterday. They should have probably spent more money in free agency on the offensive line. If Matt Filer were in town right now, that would be a, another guy that, that could help in, in any number of interior linemen, right? Or, or another tackle. By the way, Moses from Washington, is he really available? Because if so, I like a durable tackle who could kick Riley Reef inside. And suddenly you got um, basically three tackles for two spots. And if Jonah Williams gets dinged up, you're okay because he's been dinged up the past couple of years. So to me, they can absolutely still do more and they probably should have done more at the same time. This idea that they just don't care about the trenches and don't care about keeping Joe Burrow upright. That's false as well. I think that is exactly right. What you said that really stood out to me and that really resonates with me and I hope resonates with our listeners who don't think that like, I'm not trying to scold you guys if you're one of the people that, got upset about the national narrative. I just want it to be copacetic, right? I want everybody to, to be able to engage with this debate and, and get into it and have fun with it. But what really stood out, James, and resonated with me was that it's somewhere in the middle. As with most things in life, when there are extreme viewpoints on either side presented, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And that's enough of the soapbox for today, James. Let's get into taking a look back into the distant past of the 2021 draft coming up next. There's nothing worse than having unreliable transportation and the way to get reliable transportation and keep your car on the road is simple. It's rockauto.com. That's where you got to go because they have auto parts and accessories for your vehicle. And it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if you drive a Mercedes Benz, a Honda, a Hyundai, a Toyota, any car model you're looking for, they're probably going to have it. They have car parts for hundreds of different car manufacturers. And you need to check them out because they've been in business for more than two decades. They're a family-owned company, and they save you money. So you, you save time because you can shop from the comfort of your own home, and you don't have to go to the big box store. And you save money, and they're going to ship it directly to your home. So you're getting quality parts. They're not skimping on the quality, and you're saving money doing it. And the prices, they're low. The same for the mechanics as they are for the do-it-yourselfers. So if you're looking to make some upgrades or you just need to keep that car on the road, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box, so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. All right, James, I know what our listeners want, and that is for us to talk more about the 2021 NFL Draft. Nobody is sick of this. Absolutely zero listeners are sick of talking about the 2021 NFL draft. And you know what they're even more not sick of is talking about Sewell and Chase. So unfortunately, I don't know that we have much to talk about there uh, because I think both of us are sticking with the pick. But what we're going to do here is we're going to go through each Bengals pick 
and we're going to leave the trades as they are. And we're going to talk about what player we would have picked in each of the Bengals selections. And that starts with number five in Jamar Chase, the Bengals selection. Would you have done this differently, James? The, the top four goes pretty much as you would expect. And it's Jamar Chase versus Penny Sewell effectively for number five. If I was in this business for shock value and doing this to get a rise out of people, Jake, let's go. Guess what I would do? I would flip sides. I would hit Jamar Chase with the, the metaphorical steel chair and, and turn heel and take Penny Sewell here. But you know what? I'm a man of the people and I'm not going to lie to you, Locked On Bengals listeners. And that's why, yes, I'm sticking with Jamar Chase. Yep, let's go on to the second round. The Bengals trade back to 46 and select Jackson Carmen. The next few picks, just to jog everybody's memory, are Asante Samuel Jr. to the Los Angeles Chargers, Aaron Banks to San Francisco, Rondale Moore to Arizona, Aziz Ojulari to the Giants, Sam Cosme to Washington, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa to Cleveland, and Dylan Raddins to Tennessee. Would you have done anything differently here in the second round where the Bengals made a, I'll call it a controversial decision in the eyes of some to trade back and select Jackson Carmen? Sure. You'd probably stay at 38 and take Tevin Jenkins. I mean, that to me is is the blueprint because going into this draft, if you, I would have told you the Bengals are going to get Jamar Chase and Tevin Jenkins, that was even better. Uh, on paper than um, the Penny Sewell-Terrace Marshall combo, which we talked a lot about, and obviously that was available for the Bengals as well. So to me, that's probably what I would do. Again, could I be right? Sure. Could the Bengals end up being right? Absolutely. And hell, they may even argue Jackson Carmen's just going to be the better guard for sure and may end up being the better tackle, and, and that could happen. I, I think the other one that maybe you consider in that range. Um, even if you do trade down like Sam Cosme at 46, that's a guy that we thought might go in the top 32 and, you know, in the first round or top 35. And so if you get him at 46, I think a lot of people would appraise them as well, but they went with Jackson Carmen time will tell, but I probably would have stayed put and took Tevin Jenkins. You know, it's interesting to see how retrospect colors this sometimes, because I'm, I'm saying that you can't, nullify the Bengals trades the, the trades have happened you've traded back so sitting there and taking Tevin Jenkins on option but for the second round it makes sense we'll say that sure that that is certainly an alternative that we discussed at the time so we'll say second round stay there take Tevin Jenkins sure that's fine but when I look at the the options for the Bengals at 46 in retrospect the the offensive linemen that go are Jackson Carmen, Aaron Banks Sam Cosme Dylan Raddins and then a little bit later, you get Josh Myers, Creed Humphrey, and early in the third round, Jalen Mayfield. And then a little bit later in the middle of the third round, Wyatt Davis. So you consider those as the offensive linemen. Throw Brady Christensen in there too. He went 70 to the Carolina Panthers. And I'm thinking like, well, Sam Cosme, is he going to be ready to come in and start day one? Or is he going to need some time to work out his feet? I don't know. Is Dylan Radden's a guy from North Dakota State that you trust to come in and, and start day one from that quality of competition level? I Again, I, I don't know. So I'm not saying that I, I think Jackson Carmen was necessarily the pick I would have made at the time, but in retrospect, looking back at it, 
He's 21 years old. He played at Clemson. He was a five-star recruit. He has positional versatility. He's worked with guys you trust as a Bengals front office. And that pick really starts to look like something that there's a really good argument for, right? But I think if I was sticking to my guns and sticking to my pre-draft eval, at this point, the top guy for me, I believe would have been Dylan Raddins. I think narrowly over Sam Cosme. But when you start to consider all of those factors, you can really see why Jackson Carmen made sense for the Bengals here, even if it wasn't what was consensus pre-draft. And that's the thing is you see the vision. And, and, and so that's the part because their vision obviously was to bolster the offensive line. It was just different than what we thought it was for them. What we kind of nailed their agenda. <laughs> it was just the, the players were a little different and time will tell if they're right. And yeah, I'm not critical of it because I see it. You see the power, you see the traits. And so we'll see there. Uh, but the third round pick, Jake and Joseph Osai, I'll tell you right now, home run like that's who I would have taken I thought he was going to be long gone so I'm not going to knock them one bit after they've already addressed the offensive line and I get maybe double dipping here and going offensive line offensive line but Osai to me I thought was going to be gone in the first 45 picks so the fact that he's there at 69 pass rush obviously an issue they needed a new number 58 and they got him so that would be my pick that was a good one Yeah, I can totally see that. I don't know how strongly I feel about this, but I am sort of looking at the double dip option. Obviously, we need to talk about Milton Williams here. And I think if Joseph Osai was not available, he could have very well been the Bengals pick. It could have been Paulson Adebo as well, the corner from Stanford. I think they were looking for a corner throughout the draft and it just never quite worked out from a value perspective. Uh, at least according to the guys that fell because they saw Joseph Osai as a very easy pick to make. Now, you look at some of the offensive linemen in this round, if you want to make the argument to double down. Wyatt Davis at 86 to Minnesota. Kendrick Green, a pick later to the Pittsburgh Steelers, unfortunately, where he will probably start at center. Uh, Spencer Brown, the hyper-athletic tackle prospect from Northern Iowa. Ben Cleveland, a pick later at 94 to Baltimore. And Robert Hainsey from Notre Dame at 95. These are all guys that I think you could consider. And say it's Wyatt Davis. That's probably the guy that I would pick here if I was going offensive line. Then you've really added quite a bit more to the interior offensive line. If Jackson Carmen is going to start at right guard and maybe provide some flex tackle depth, at least you've got Wyatt Davis there as well, right? And and you have additional depth on the on the offensive line. That said, as you said, James, I really don't fault them at all. For picking Joseph Osai here. This is an incredibly bursty speed rusher. Adds to the pass rush that they badly need. It's a trench pick. We thought they'd do a lot of trench picking here. So you can stick with Joseph Osai for sure. I can also see a pretty good argument for Wyatt Davis here. Absolutely. And that's the thing is I'm not going to argue with you if you go offensive line. It just felt like Joseph Osai, where he was on their board, just eclipsed all these other guys, right? Including Milton Williams. And that, Jake, is something we projected in almost all of our mocks. Wide receiver in the first three rounds, offensive line in the first three rounds, some sort of defensive lineman in the first three rounds, and they did all three. And that was predictable. We nailed it. That's that's the bottom line. We nailed it. So we have uh, seven more picks to go. We'll get to those next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get in on all your sports action. The Stanley Cup playoffs in full swing. The NBA playoffs getting started. 
baseball season underway and MMA, UFC stuff going on all year round. They've got you covered for all of it. And if you're a football-only kind of person, they've got football futures for you too. They've got win-loss lines set. Go check out all their contests, all their bonuses right now, betonline.ag. And when you sign up, use promo code Locked On, and BetOnline will match your deposit up to 50%. That's a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We talk about it all the time. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the planet. If you haven't tried them yet, you got to join the movement. There are a ton of Locked On Bengals listeners already in on it, and they're getting rave reviews because they have a bunch of awesome, delicious flavors. Each protein bar covered in 100% chocolate. And the best part, well, it's the macros. High in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. We're working on that summer bod right now, trying to get ready for vacations right around the corner with things opening back up. Built Bar can help you get there. So go there now, builtbar.com. Make sure you use promo code LOCK15 at checkout and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. James, with the Bengals trade back, which of course you would not have done, but they did, we will have to hustle through day three where they have seven picks. So without further ado, let's talk about pick 111, Cam Sample, the Bengals' first selection in the fourth round. Honestly, I'm pretty happy with this one. I wouldn't necessarily change it, and I'm going to stick with Cam Sample here. Would you go another direction based on who's available in the next, I don't know, 20 or so picks before they pick again? In the moment, I was shocked. Not shocked, but surprised they go back-to-back edge, but you look at the guys that go after and there aren't many offensive linemen, which would be the target here. And it's just the NFL looked at it as this, there's not a lot of value in this area for offensive line. And so, no, I think you do that. I think you double down. I think you get cam sample and yeah, I probably wouldn't have done the trade, but I actually like the trade. I just want to preface it so I don't get crushed. I love getting two fourth round picks to move down eight spots. It was great value. It was a great trade. It's just risky and certainly not something in the moment I would have done. But yeah, Cam Sample makes a lot of sense here. No problem with it at 111. Yeah, I mean, the other players we were talking about at this point were guys that didn't go until much later. I think I was talking about Tom, Tommy Togiai a little bit at this point as well. I was kind of expecting Janarius Robinson, but I guess they had Cam Sample ahead of Janarius Robinson. He went a little bit later in the fourth. Let's go on to actually just 11 picks later. The Bengals pick again at 122. They select Tyler Shelvin here. And this is over guys like Dan Moore, the offensive lineman, Jalen Darden, the wide receiver, Tylen Wallace, Tommy Togiai. I really like what Tyler Shelvin can do for this team. I just think that they've got DJ Reader. And I don't know that I would have gone the route of picking another guy that is really a run stuffer in Tyler Shelvin. And I've talked about it a lot. I've got a draft crush on Tommy Togiai. So if we're going defensive lineman here, interior defensive lineman here, I probably pick Tommy Togiai. And in retrospect, and this isn't, I don't know if this is really allowed because you don't know what's going to happen in the next five or so picks. But with Jalen Darden and Tommy and, and Tylen Wallace coming off the board immediately, I give strong consideration here to Jalen Darden 
but that's only because I know he's gone before the Bengals pick again. Sure. And that that's certainly part of it. I think both of those guys would have gotten consideration for me. I mean, Tylen Wallace was a guy that some were thinking, hey, end of second round, early third round. And, and so he's still sitting there for you on day three, um, a pick, a bonus pick, essentially. Right. And you can suddenly bolster that wide receiver core and, and get to the next level. And Darden kind of solves your your punt returner issues, right? He's just a playmaker, scores a bunch of touchdowns. So either one of those guys would certainly have gotten consideration. But honestly, I have a good feeling about Tyler Shelvin. And it's after the fact. It's it's much like, uh, you know, you with Jackson Carmen, where you look at it and you're like, okay. And it, it, to me, it, it fits a lot because of the division. And I look at the Steelers. They're going to try to run the ball like crazy with Noodle Arm, Ben Roethlisberger, and Najee Harris, uh, a first-round running back. You got the best running back duel we've seen in a long, long time in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in Cleveland. And then the Baltimore Ravens have ran the ball all over you for the past couple of years with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I get the Tyler Shelvin pick, and I would probably stick with it right now. So I'm going to stick with Shelvin, even though it is tempting, man. You know I like speed. Got a couple of those speedy receivers, but I'll I'll stick with Shelvin. Yeah, that's just why I think if I were going to stick defensive line, I probably would lean Togiai because I think he can be a very good all-round defensive tackle who just has a more rounded game. And when you already have DJ Reader, I would feel pretty good about Reader next to Togiai in run defense. But I again, I, I understand the vision here, and it makes sense given the division. Let's go 17 picks or so later, 139 Bengals pick again. Deontay Smith, the pick. And this is another one in retrospect where – you know, I might have been thinking about some different offensive linemen of Brendan James. Uh, you know, we were talking a lot about Stone Forsyth, who ends up going way later. There's even a, a conversation for Tommy Doyle here. I think I was probably thinking about Davion Nixon at this point as well, because he doesn't go until the fifth round. But this is another one of those picks where, in retrospect, you know, when you understand his story, why he missed time, you look at the traits. It feels like a guy that I want to stick with knowing what I know now about this player. Agreed. 36 inch arms, 35 and a half, 85 inch wingspan has the traits. If Frank Pollock is the guy the Bengals think he is, then Deontay Smith is going to end up starting some games for the Bengals and at minimum being a swing tackle. And if you're, you're getting him here at the end of the fourth round, you feel good about it. So I'll stick with it. I guess like some of the other things you could talk about here is like maybe running back, maybe Kenneth Gainwell from Memphis, who mm -hmm. really is the last of the very exciting running backs in this draft to me. Maybe Brevin Jordan, if you're looking for some tight end depth, although I don't think the Bengals were ever in on Brevin Jordan. And he does go just a few picks later, but let's go to that fifth round. Evan McPherson, the kicker. And everyone knows how I feel about the kicker. And with Kenneth Gainwell going one pick later, Davion Nixon just a little bit after that, some other players that I still like in the fifth round, I'm probably changing the pick here, but what are you doing, James? I'm going to steal your thunder because I know who you're going to pick, and I'm going to pick him too. Amir Smith-Marset is just sitting there, baby, and he's going to solve those returner issues from Iowa. In, in We talked about him a ton during the pre-draft process. And I just think the fact that he's still there in round five, sign me up, the double dip at receiver, you get your awesome wide receiver one in round one, and then you get this do-it-all 
type guy that can develop into something, especially on offense later. Uh, Amir Smith-Marset, that would be the pick here for me. And I did like Amir Smith-Marset, but I don't know that I would have gone that direction, actually, James. I know you thought you were stealing my thunder, but I would have been higher on a guy like Davion Nixon or the multi-threat or or the multiple-purpose Kenneth Gainwell, the Memphis running back who shows a lot of receiving ability. And given that they get Evans later and we know that and we can look back on that now, it does make it harder to pick a running back here. But I also would have been really tempted by a guy like Brendan James, who from Nebraska, I I think is a fine interior offensive line prospect. And I'm still looking for more guys to get in the mix there. So that would kind of be the pecking order, I think. Nixon, Gainwell, James. Brendan James, the interior offensive lineman from Nebraska. But, you know, we do get the kicker pick. We've talked about it a lot. We don't need to talk about it a whole lot more today. I just still can't justify a kicker in the fifth round. Hope Evan McPherson is Justin Tucker. That makes it worth it, right? Using a high-ish draft pick on a kicker. And I know it's not relative to other positions a high pick, but for a kicker, that is a high pick. Let's go sixth round, James. A couple picks here at pick 190. The Bengals go Trey Hill, the center from Georgia. I didn't really know much about Trey Hill at this point. I don't think this would have been the pick for me, but I do get it. You look at the other guys available, Taron Jackson from Coastal Carolina, another edge rusher that I thought was probably in the mix, and Deontay Brown, Blastoise Mm -hmm. from Alabama. Seems like a guy that could contribute a guard. I mean, I do worry a little bit about his movement ability, but I think that that's a guy that from that quality of competition you really consider here. No doubt, no doubt about it. And I'm actually going to go with a different offensive lineman, a guy that I thought was going to go earlier and uh, certainly someone that like Deontay Smith can be a developmental tackle. Give me a little stone Forsyth, baby stone, a stone wall for the Bengals. That's who I would have taken here. But I actually Deontay Brown. Whew, I forgot he was still available, Jake, because <laughs> the draft, especially on day three with the seven picks, that was a whirlwind for me. Oh, my God, what a steal that would have been. I'm still taking Stone, but Brown would have been tempting, too. And it's no disrespect to Trey Hill. Trey Hill might be the best of the three. Uh, But, man, Brown and Forsyth sitting there. And I think I'm higher on Forsyth than basically everyone but a couple Florida Gator Gator fans. But, uh, wow, either one of those guys I'd be fine with here. Yeah, so let's say it's Deontay Brown for me just because there's a bit more pedigree there, but I understand Trey Hill. Trey Hill could very well be the better player, but at the time, and in our pre-draft eval, I didn't look at Trey Hill. You know, he came out early, he had those knee issues, and hey, maybe it's a buy low for the Bengals if he bounces back well. I'm surprised. I guess you previously went Amir Smith-Marset, so Marquez Stevenson isn't in the conversation for you at this point. Let's go to the Bengals' next sixth-round pick. One pick before Marquez Stevenson, in fact, Chris Evans. I am totally okay with keeping Chris Evans here personally. I think that there's also an argument for Arkansas Jonathan Marshall as a three-tech that could potentially get some valuable snaps. I'm also interested in Trey Smith from Tennessee, the interior offensive lineman with a ton of athleticism and health concerns in the sixth round. I think that's a good bet, but Chris Evans has great athleticism, great receiving ability, and the Bengals need a third down back, or at least they need competition at that spot. And I think he adds that to the team in a way that it makes a lot of sense. 
The other one I would have uh, considered is Wisconsin cornerback Rashad Wild Goose, mm. simply because Wild Goose and New Stripes would have been baller in one of the top-selling jerseys in the NFL. That being said, absolutely. Demetric Felton might have been a uh, bigger name, but he tested about as well as you or me. And, and Chris Evans, man, I'll tell you, and it was one rookie minicamp practice and no pads. He looks the part. He really does. And so the fact that they were able to get him at pick 202, I love it. This is that's exactly what you want in a running back, right? Late day three, but has the the skill set to maybe work out. Maybe he doesn't, but maybe he does. And, and if he does, what a what a pick it would be. So I love this pick. There's also Quincy Roche or Roche, I'm not actually sure. He goes to Pittsburgh at 216. Khalil Herbert. The Virginia Tech running back, if you want to go a different direction of running back. And on the all-name team, James, if you want to talk about good names, Cameron Cheeseman, who goes at 225 to Washington. Let's wrap up in the seventh round. Wyatt Hubert, the Bengals pick. This is another one that I'm pretty okay with. At this point, you're taking shots in the dark for the most part. Other names that stand out to me here, Jonathan Cooper, the edge rusher from Ohio State. And that's kind of it i mean we we actually mocked i at least mocked and we talked about wyatt hubert a lot in the pre-draft process so i'm cool with sticking with hubert here and i'm finding myself agreeing with the bengals quite a bit absolutely i mean hubert was clearly the top player on their board they they told us that right and uh yeah the fact that you're able to get him here and he, he has a chance to make the team if you can get a seventh rounder that you think has a realistic shot to make the 53 do it every time because that that already exceeds any expectations you can have at this stage of the draft. And I think Hubert does have a decent shot. So I'm in agreement again. Uh, two out of three picks in six round six and seven. Uh, I agree with the, the one that I question a bit is Trey Hill, but who knows? Hopefully he'll surprise. I find that we agreed with the team a lot. We had a few small tweaks and that's the way it goes. The most interesting thing to me about this whole exercise is how much I've grown to like some of the Bengals picks that we are getting to know a little bit more. We're understanding the vision a little bit more. And that is certainly a 100% bias at work. We're not keeping up on these other players the same way we're keeping up on the guys that Bengals picked. We're not keeping up on the other coaches and what they have planned and the other front offices as they explain those picks. So it makes sense that we would like some of the guys that Bengals picked a little bit more than we did necessarily before we knew them. And now that we know them, it starts to make a little bit of sense and we find ourselves agreeing more. Absolutely. I mean, more information, it it changes it, right? And so the logic is sound. Even, you know, fifth round kicker, you can debate it. The logic is sound. Will it work? That's what we'll start to learn uh, next week when we get to see some OTAs and, and continue to learn throughout the 2021 NFL season and beyond. So that this that's this is the fun part, right, is this is what we think is going to happen. Will it happen? And the next couple of years, we'll, uh, we'll shed some light on that starting next week. Yeah, I guess we get to earmark the May 20th, 2021 episode to see how right or wrong we were about some <laughs> of these guys in three years. And maybe that's something we have to do pretty soon, James, is regrade the draft from three years ago. There's Ooh. some more content for you as we are starting to get toward a little bit of a drier part of the season, but not quite yet. We have OTA starting next week, and tomorrow 
the Locked On Bengals weekend mailbag. Get your questions in when prompted from the Locked On Bengals Twitter account and see if we answer your question on tomorrow's episode. Until then, Bengals fans, who day and have a good one. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.